Welcome to the Luke and Pete Show. I'm the Pete part of that collective. I'm joined by Luke Moore. And it's Monday the 31st of October. Or should I say, Spook fucking fest. 2022. Yeah, that's what they've renamed it's, it to. Exactly. I always thought that um, Halloween was the 27th of uh of because of, you never really sort of celebrated it slash got involved yeah uh, back in the day when i was no. a kid and the 27th was my mum's birthday so i always just assumed we didn't do halloween stuff because it was my mum's birthday but uh no 31st <laughs> of october turns out yeah you can only have room for one celebration on one day we, we only we only <laughs> yeah. really started becoming a halloween nation pretty recently because i think i guess we get yeah. a lot of cultural crossover from the u.s and in the u.s it's obviously a much bigger deal isn't right. it yeah, and yeah, he's right so. because it's, it's... Um, there was a BBC poll. You know, at the end of the twenty twentieth uh, century, where they did that top hundred living Britons, and this, mm. it's now been a hundred years since the BBC. They did a little poll where mm. they said, "Look, what we want to rename Halloween," and everyone emailed in and wrote in, and all these people kind of had their say. And the winner came yeah. back as a spooky fuckfest. <laughs> so that's what's got to be called. Spooky McSpookfest. Yeah. yeah. So. Um... So we are, how do you, because I guess it's, is it a bit of a non-negotiable living with an American that you have to at least um, eat at least one corn, candy corn um, bowl? Well, I think what's what's kind of interesting is that when she first moved here, Mm. she moved in the summer. This is the first Halloween a few months later. I think she was genuinely disappointed how little a deal it was, like how few people turned up at the house and stuff. Because like people True, right, go all okay. out in the US, they dress up, they go trick or treating. There's lots of stuff goes on. Um, it's a mm. big deal. Whereas here, it kind of passes by without any real fuss. Like I mean, on where, the street where we live, it's got a lot of kids around, and you may get the occasional knock on the door. Mm. But I remember the Wi-Fi I have access to had a whole bowl of like sweets and chocolate and candy and stuff, and like no one really came. So it was down to the big oh. man to polish it off. <laughs> Sarah's only bought um, uh, a couple of bags of um, weirdly all-American um, candy, which you know, like a lot of Tootsie Rolls and stuff. Which is basically just like it's like chocolate-flavored taffy, isn't it? Uh, yeah, rolls. it's kind of an interesting. But they do get, but I mean, you do get saltwater taffy um, in the kind of place where around where my wife is from, anyway. Yeah, so they're yeah, quite yeah. big on it in like um, I think Massachusetts and Rhode Island around there, but. Oh, and any, any any tourist trap as well will have bit. They'll have one shop that just sells different flavors of taffy. <laughs> I can imagine you <laughs> being a bit of a Swedish fish guy, though, right? Love a Swedish fish. They're nice. They've got a, they've got a lovely texture to them that you don't always get. It's almost like you know when Percy Pigs did a vegetarian option, a vegan Percy Pig, that kind of vibe, but beautifully. Yeah, I do. I do it's it's quite floral Swedish fish. Big fan. Big how fan. how would the, how would the vegan Percy Pig greet it? But people saying, "Oh, it's not as good," or. Well, I mean, people just fucking whinge or everything, won't they? Well, yeah. Is, 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 is it halal? Probably, isn't it? Probably fucking halal, isn't it? But on the, on, on the Swedish fish thing, I presume it's it's like it is because in America they have far more lax food standards, right? So they yeah. will let you probably use a lot of different ingredients that you cannot use here until, well, until we left, until <laughs> yeah, we left the EU. Yeah, a lot of naughty stuff, yeah. Yeah, but I guess now, like, um, we do get quite a lot of imported American candy, and not just from those kind of, like, weird tax write-offs that you see in Oxford Street. You do see proper American candy, Twinkies and the like, uh, being sold in, uh, in like, Tesco's and, and Sainsbury's these days in the little American candy um, yeah. section for, like, you know, three quid more than it would cost over oh, yeah. there. Um, but 
you are so presumably those have been cleared by the EU food standards safety standards because they've been on the shelves for quite a while. So they, they can't be using anything particularly nefarious. It's those. I mean, wh- where I worry is the ones that I had in California. Those um, those um, Mexican um, like spoons plastic spoons oh, yeah. filled with like this kind of like sweet spicy stuff that was delicious but i can't it didn't look like it'd been checked by a lot of people it looked very diy well i think your your stomach is essentially like a barren wasteland now anyway though right it's like i am legend <laughs> you've got little will, little will smith and a dog walking Just around, running around my my law intestine yeah, <laughs> I always find American candies a bit of a mixed bag because I really love their peanut butter M and M's. I don't know why, and I suspect this is probably a food standards thing. The reason we mm. don't have all those flavors of M and M's is it must be because like the recipe won't quite work with the chocolate that we have to use and stuff. Because yeah, they don't really taste like as good as the M and M's in terms of quality we have here, but they do have loads more interesting flavors, particularly peanut butter, which is the absolute goat of M and M flavors. Well, you just the thing that gets me is that, like in in America, like there's, there's there's fifteen kinds of slim jims, and we don't even have one slim jim, and it's like yeah. we have a pepper army, and it's unlovable. And there's like two. We don't even have one of those. Uh, you don't really see the thick ones anymore, or the ones in a bun. Remember the pepper armies in a bun? I love those things. They were a little a little sandwich for Petey. Yeah, you're an the only person in school. the world that thinks that's good. That's why <laughs> I discontinued. Pepper army because... wide boy. Yeah, like the, pepper. I'll tell you something now. Pepperami had a moment. They had a moment. Mm. They had those those adverts that everyone loved with the little kind of crazy little pepper pepperami, and yeah. they started to get big for their fucking britches, quite frankly, and started bringing out a lot of different <laughs> products. The wide boy, the pepperami, the roll, the different flavors, yeah. the one with the black packaging that was really spicy, <laughs> and people weren't there. People weren't here for it. They didn't want it. I think they were. I've always been. They a were humbled man. by the uh, yeah. by the um, customers of the UK. Every, everyone took the piss out of uh, Jackmate on Jackmate's Happy Hour, um, one of our fine uh, stacks there. But he uh, said that he used to take the condom off the um, pepper army and chew chew on the uh, on the. No, I think it was that he didn't condom. know it had to be removed. I think he ate at the same time. No, 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 no. When he eat, when he eating it, he would eat. He would chew on it like chewing gum. Oh, which right. is exactly what I do. It's exactly what I do. I don't. F- I, you That's paid not a for it. To him. You chew on it. <laughs> it's the same boat right, as you. Actually, yeah. Yeah, sorry, Jack. Yeah, yeah. you're probably right, actually. I was I, just, did like, I make yeah. this up, but was there someone that we knew? I mean, it might have even been Jack, but possibly not, who used to eat the red bit of the baby bell as well. Oh, yeah, that rings a bell. Or did they chew on it? I, well, that's that's something I had in, in America. Wax lips. You don't see them in, in the UK. They've never come over. Like classic fairground wax lips where they have this sugar and some kind of petroleum wax that you, you they just these big stupid lips and when you finish with with pretending that you've got big lovely Marilyn Monroe lips you um you can chew on them you can just chew it into a little ball ball and 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 then spit it in the bin it's disgusting yeah but but like it's not it's not edible that it's should, just not edible I mean, I don't think but that it's be sweet happening. that should not be happening i mean as you've described <laughs> it's, it's made, isn't it made of paraffin wax or something like that paraffin wax yeah and yeah. so it's d- delicious. So I guess in a oh, it's way, nice. then, it's no different in principle to chewing gum, right? No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, I guess you shouldn't be. Sw- uh, I guess you shouldn't be uh, swallowing chewing gum either. <laughs> I can remember at school, um, the science teacher, the actual science teacher, used to say to mm. us when we were caught for chewing chewing gum that she knew for a fact that it would stick your ribs together. And it's like, how far away from scientific principles do you want to be by saying shit was- like that? <laughs> 
How is it in your ribs? Yeah, just How say what actually happened. It's probably there. horrific anyway. <laughs> <laughs> At least it'll be vaguely believable. True. True that. I completely agree. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous thing to say. Yeah. Anyway, it is Halloween. Um, I, I saw a really spooky Halloween story. I mean, is this spooky or is it just a little bit weird? Um, the, um, earlier, I mean, it's probably last week, I think now, that um, mm. in Pembrokeshire, um, they were digging out some foundations for a um, a department store, right? Right. Or they were, oh, they had knocked the department store down. They were going to replace it with something else. They were doing something to the, to the land under an old department store anyway. And yeah. um, they found 300 skeletons underneath. That's too many skeletons. It's like they're having a big party down there. Unbelievable. Yeah, so, so basically, <laughs> you f- apparently. You find, you, but I guess if you find one, you're going to find a lot more. <laughs> so they found out, it's, well, yeah, I guess. But they found out that, um, so there was a Dominican order of monks at a place called um, St. Saviour's Priory. Um, mm. but, but this is this. I mean, they were they were founded, I think, in twelve fifty six. So they so they were saying that like dating the skeletons, they date back at least six hundred years, essentially. Yeah. Um, and there's quite a lot of range of types of people there. There's like quite wealthy people buried there. There's a like general kind of normal people buried there as well. Um, well, it could have been uh, a mass grave after a raid on the town in the early fifteenth century, but it was used as a burial site up until the eighteenth century. It's never came up before. Um, that's amazing. That's a Halloween story for you right there. <laughs> Isn't the, it? The, I, I, like, I like the idea that um, you, 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 I mean, how when you start digging, like you find one hand, you're like, oh, I might just, I would just cover it back over with some soil and get someone else to do that bit of the job because then they can discover the horrors of how yeah. deep this actually goes. What's your cut off though? It, it, so clearly there's a cut off here. If it's mm. 600 years old, I don't mind it. If it's someone mm. that's been buried two weeks ago, I'm not. I'm not going anywhere near it. Well, it was a man found on uh, in Japan in Universal Studios, uh, Japan. He was found just in a hedge, um, and, the, and it's, it's rare that, that he'd been, been dead for a couple of days. He'd been yeah, he'd been re- dead for a few days. Um, that would be un- that. That wouldn't be nice. There was a <laughs> really horrible like story that. about um, the lack of humanity, and I think it might have been L.A. Maybe could have been New York, right? Where a guy yeah. died on a circular route of the subway and he just sat there he just sat there he just going round and round and yeah round. I think people just thought he was asleep or whatever and he was on there for like days and no one really kind of checked and that yeah, is depressing it's not, it's, that is depressing I completely agree I mean that is oh, well, I mean imagine not seeing your depressing. family member for ages and then get on the subway I better go and visit him because he's going to be on the subway route near <laughs> his house right so, oh I guess so yeah, yeah, you yeah, get yeah, on, yeah. oh there he's over there oh he's dead I, to be honest, if he's the sort of person who's doing laps on the fucking Yamanote line, if he's, he's sort of doing, doing doing you know laps, I, I don't think he's probably, I don't think he's probably particularly well looked after. I don't think anyone's going to be looking for him. No, but <laughs> I think I mean? he was on it to do a normal route, and he died on it. Right. Okay. During yeah. his commute. Oh. Yeah. I don't and like that. I tell you what, though, what like it made that. me think of was it's a circular line, right? And if you're taking this into London, the circular line, London's probably one of the better ones because the trains are newer <laughs> right oh, what, if you're gonna, so if you're going to choose to die on a, on, a, on, a, on a subway line in London I would choose the Victoria I mean, line but the circle line isn't the worst one the efficiency of the uh, the efficiency of the uh, Elizabeth line surely cannot be ignored well so I've not you'd I've... be shot left and right like slicing through London constantly you'd probably get like five or six times across London before you discover that you're dead I've not partaken in the Elizabeth line yet so I can't comment but what I would like to say anyone listening to this 
friends and family, if I do have to die on one of the London Underground lines, I would like to, out of respect, die on the Victoria line mm. because it's the MVP of the of the Underground. <laughs> it's yeah, quick. Yeah. It's reliable. Yeah. Few stops. You can go from Victoria up to um, High Rensington in on mm. a good day, twelve minutes. That's an incredible shift. Yeah, that is, that is you got good. you got to respect. But, uh, yeah, that. but but pe- but people sort of forget that um, people forget like how crap the tube used to be. Like the Northern Line, you would every time you got the Northern Line, you'd be waiting ten minutes for a train. Like yeah. when I first weekends, moved you'd hardly ever be on. It was it was atrocious. It used to be. So um, I think people should be uh, should be thankful. Yeah, <laughs> how, how good it is. One of the things they must have done now, though, to save money, I think, particularly on the Victoria lines, they've definitely turned all the kind of cooling systems off. They must have. It's just so much hotter now. I think they must have just said that we need to save money because it's in financially it's in a bit of a difficult spot because of COVID. I just I don't think, I, but I don't think it was ever. Um, but it wasn't ever uh, 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 heated or 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 air conditioned, was it? No, but it, but there are. If you so basically down some of the platforms at the end, there'll be these cooling vents. And they would be right, pumping okay. out quite a lot of cool air. Um, it's right, not aircon; okay. it's just like it's just like a cooling vent. Um, mm. And they seem to have been completely turned off now. Well, look, I mean, you, if you're going to hit your climate emissions uh, targets, that those are the sort of things that go first, unfortunately. <clears throat> I think it's because they're trying to save Luckily. money. I think they came very close to having to close the whole thing down a while back, didn't they? Because of mm. the because yeah. the um, government were holding them to ransom because of the way the financing works. Anyway, that's boring. I'll tell you what's not boring. I finished mm. that Adam Curtis series. Oh yeah. Trauma zone. That was about the. Russian I mean, that was bleak. Yeah, you. I mean, you did tell me one particular scene that. Uh, yeah, I mean, put a, put it down on my day. I must admit. Yeah, it's difficult to kind of really maintain positivity when you've got scenes like you know rural people having to dig up old World War Two soldiers to see if they've got anything on mm. value on their corpses because they're so poor. It was really, really awful, but mm. it was a really interesting and revealing explainer. And I think what he's going to try and do... So basically, this this show, this series on the BBC iPlayer, available to everyone for free, um, it's, it's set from 1985 to 1999. It's seven episodes. And I think what he's doing is setting the scene for how Putin mm. came about. Because the very final episode, really only the last half of the final episode, Putin starts to make an appearance. It's all about the oligarchs and how they took advantage of the collapse of the Soviet Union and all the rest of it. But it's using mm. completely archived footage that has just been discarded by other BBC journalists. So it's really compelling. It's almost like, a, I said this to you before, it's almost like a completely new type of documentary. It's, it's brilliant to watch. Um, but very, very tough going in places. Um, I also didn't fully, I mean, I knew he was an alcoholic, but I didn't know quite, the extent of how much of a pisshead Boris Yeltsin was. My goodness, man! Oh, he was like he was just cut like so many clips of him just falling out of his plane and stuff. Like he's I standing mean, wow. there giving an audience to like troops and stuff, and there's like one guy each side of him holding him upright. Right. Yeah. At yeah, one yeah, point, yeah. he walks it's, past it's, like a military band, just picks up the uh, baton, just starts conducting them, <laughs> waving it, screaming into the mic, singing. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's a really fascinating documentary. Yeah. It's well worth watching. I would recommend it highly to the Luke and Pete Show uh, family. And uh, I would uh, highly recommend the film I saw on Friday night, which is fucking brilliant. And uh, if you've listened to Luke and Pete Show over the past couple of weeks, you'll know about it at high volume. Uh, Banshees of Inner Sharon. Oh, yeah, is it uh, good? Was, uh, the Banshees of Inner Sharon. Really good, really, really good stuff. Um, obviously, those two and the director is very good. Um, very uh, theatrical. It sort of reminded me of like... 
you know, Irish. I mean, the, I, I, to be honest, the only Irish player, player I really um, know anything of, Brian Freel, very Brian Freely. Right. You know, all about place and about belonging and about friendship and um, yeah, it was. Uh, it's it's really good stuff. So uh, I've heard great things. I'd definitely like yeah. to see it and read that advert that was really loud for people. We we should not. People should know that we don't. We, we run a pretty tight ship and we don't have any control over that so we have to just get it sorted yeah. out but it's not our fault sometimes they're really quiet sometimes they're really loud and we ask and ask and, and it's just I, I don't know why it's sometimes loud and sometimes quiet tell me why oh well that's what Pete says tell me why he calls up the company responsible and goes tell me why like that <laughs> and they're like very quietly so they got to lean in and they go tell me why yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's have a quick break when we come back we'll do some emails because um, we've got a few to get through actually so let's do those um, we'll see Ooh. you on the other side of this one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, it's a Luke and Pete show. I'm Pete, that's Luke. Let's do some emails. Yes, what email one's... would you like to go to first, Lukey? Sorry, I would like to do an email from John and Lauren, um, Ooh, okay. who have emailed in with the title, The Luke and Pete Show Played a Role in Our Child's Birth. Yes. So, this could go either way. Let's Get check it out. Get that baby out here. Yeah. Get it out of them. Get it out. They actually included um, a photo of their beautiful, uh, cute baby as well, so good on them. Um, they say, uh, I, I presume it's um, John writing this, so I'm going to assume it's that uh, hey gents was recently talking to my friend about the birth of my first child and he thought you might be interested in this story three months back my wife began having contractions and after about eight hours it was time to head to the hospital due to an excess of people at our chosen hospital we had to drive about 15 minutes farther to our new destination i had been listening to your show and it automatically came on when we hopped in the car i asked my mm. wife brackets who was in quite a bit of pain if i should turn it off to which she replied no they're funny to listen to well, fast forward about five minutes to where Pete is talking about Bailey's, at which point my wife, scre- my wife screams out, turn it off, turn it off. It was at that moment <laughs> of utter terror I was reminded just how much my wife hates Bailey's Irish cream. Anyway, our baby oh. came out healthy and on time, and my wife and I would like to have a good laugh about your involvement in our trip to the hospital. Thanks for continuing to make us laugh. Cheers, John and Lauren. P.S. Here's a bonus pick of our son, Everett, and he is a lovely... Uh, cute boy so congratulations he to looks them. very clever he looks you know he's got a looking in going hi guys now if you could stop talking about Bailey's in front of my mother, mother I yeah. would be very and a great name Everett don't hear a lot of them it's it's yeah. it's rare that you it's rare that you have a uh, a child's name that isn't a mad or b um really common um so Everett 
ticks a lot of boxes for me. Great stuff. Is that a compliment? Well done. The way you said that? <laughs> what do you mean? I think you know, you meant well there. It's Did rare. That come across well. It's rare, and it's uh, it, it's it's quite rare, uh, and it's not common, and it's and it's and it's uh, yes, yeah, not rare. Okay, yeah, so it's, what it's you mean is rare. I like it. You mean it's it's rare, but it's not also common as in. But it's one of those. Frequency. It's not one of those rare names that is like fucking Keanu or something. Oh, you know, I see what not, you mean. Not, you know what okay. I mean. Keanu's a bad example because I guess nowadays you would get quite. Have you seen uh, Matthew Perry's been slating Keanu Reeves in his uh, autobiography? But is Matthew Perry in a bit of trouble? Do we need to be sympathetic towards him? I think he well, is. He put it? in his book. I mean, I guess yeah, yeah. Well, look, fine, but um, but he uh, but it's it just I like to think that he wrote his autobiography, but hadn't because if you don't sort of consume like twitter you don't consume social media like you wouldn't know that keanu reeves is beloved by a lot of people you right. know things he's been through yeah. the fact that he you know he rides the tube on the metro yeah um complains about the um aircon on the victoria line etc um he he like he's, he's quite beloved by people isn't he but i remember a time when he was treated with slightly less kid gloves uh back in the day remember when he was in that band dog star yeah i remember seeing them in reading and, and he and he basically, uh, and and people were throwing stuff at him, and he was treated as like being a bit of a, an airhead and a bit of like you know good looking but a terrible actor, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, he's so, not a very good actor, like, in my view. No, he's no, he, he's pretty poor. But um, he he he's kind of beloved. He's a bit of a he's a bit of a darling these National days. And I think Matthew now. Perry's just Matthew Perry's just doing a joke he would have done in the noughties or in the nineties. Um, yeah. But he's kind of. I think he basically said that River. It's it's upsetting that River Phoenix is uh, dead and Keanu Reeves is still walking around. Um, which is just, <laughs> I mean, well, Keanu, what have I done to deserve a, that? A, it's a bit strong, and B, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's just a bit strong, isn't it? Really, yeah. <laughs> I think. Um, I think that, um, but you think he's he's essentially not realised the caught up that people actually quite like Keanu now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I just don't think he's had the update. He's not read the uh, he's not read the memo. There's a bit in um, <laughs> the first Matrix movie, which is obviously pretty pretty iconic uh, yeah. as a film, where he first finds out that um, you know shit's going on, and he gets a yeah. he's in his office, and he gets a pa- a package, and inside the package is a mobile phone, and it rings. Sony Ericsson. Yeah, there's a Nokia, isn't it? Famously, it's a. K- Nokia. Is it? I thought it was a Sony Ericsson. Look at the screen. It's, a, so. it's a Nokia. Is it? Ma- yeah. Matrix. Matrix. Because they form. sold them afterwards. John had one. Like, they're, they're definitely Nokias. Okay. Anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. It starts ringing. And uh, so the scene's yeah. weird. He's got to try and get out of the office. People who've, who are listening, who've seen the movie, they'll know what I mean. And at one point, mm. um, Morpheus, who's the Lawrence Fishburne character, says to him, you need to get out of the office now. You need to get out of that window, climb down that scaffold. But he's on about the 50th floor, right? Yeah. And so he's not going to do it. And there's this one take where, one one scene where he just looks in and Keanu Reeves says, looks to him round and sort of says to himself, this is insane. And it is the worst take <laughs> of anything. Like, I cannot believe they let that in. Like, it completely <laughs> takes you out of it. Like, it's, it's so bad, the way it's done. And for this the budget they had shit. and for the, for, the, for the vision they had, I just think to myself... Is that really the best take Keanu Reeves did? Because if so, we need to see the others. We need to see it. Because <laughs> it, it's almost like someone's replaced, like lobotomized him. Check it yeah. out, honestly. It's really bad. I, I don't know okay, why right. it's never really talked about. To me, it seems <laughs> crazy. The, the, other, the yeah. other kind of controversial, maybe, film opinion I have is that, do you know the film Gladiator? Uh, yes. You must have seen Gladiator, right? Yeah, back in the day. I feel a ago. bit like Russell Crowe growled his way through that. And everyone thought yeah, it was amazing. It was... And I'm not sure he's definitely done much better. He's definitely had much better performances than that. 
Um, but all of a but sudden, I, no one really seems to mention it. But I remember when he was uh, when that film was released, and it was and nobody was necessarily talking about his performance. He was treated as just you know a, you know big big lad uh, who who wants men to um, who wants men to mate. He won best for. actor at the Oscars. Did he for that film? Fuck off! He did for that. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Jesus it. Christ! So he he, he won best actor. I have my in this one. Yeah, and Joaquin Phoenix Good didn't God. win best supporting actor. <laughs> It, it, honestly I don't understand why. I'm not saying he's a bad actor I, I think he's a good actor he's done some great movies I really like the film I just think yeah. that it's completely kind of been I don't know like airbrushed out of history that like yeah. he won the Oscar for that and it, and it wasn't that good like genuinely <laughs> it genuinely wasn't that good um, yeah given, like that, given that like I imagine <laughs> what year was it 2000 so he's up against he's up against Javier Bardem Tom Hanks in Castaway right yeah, uh, Ed Harris was in um, that movie about Jackson Pollock that year, and Jeffrey Rush, who's also a brilliant actor, was nominated that year, and he won it. Like to be <laughs> fair, in um, you know the following year, he didn't win the Oscar for A Beautiful Mind, and he's much better in A Beautiful Mind than he's in Gladiator. Gladiator is just obviously a blockbuster where he just has that presence, fine, but he growls yeah. his way through every fucking line. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know. How we got onto that. What were we talking about? Keanu right. Reeves. What were we talking about before that? Yeah. Who knows? Um, Who knows? Congratulations to. Um, to John and Lauren, <laughs> their son Everett. <laughs> well done, Everett. Well done, little baby Everett. Incredible. Very adorable. Um, one more email yeah. to squeeze in before we go. This is from okay. our friend Max, who says, um, a while back you guys were talking about um, office etiquette help, because um, okay. fellow listener Usman uh, was starting a new job and asked about it. Uh, and, he said, and, and Max says, I thought I'd tell you about a couple of the interesting characters I've encountered working office jobs. Hopefully Usman can take some lessons from these rogues. Um, first was a lad called Sean, who one day decided to change his screensaver to a bikini clad woman bent over. Uh, oh. When challenged by the manager and told it wasn't appropriate for a work computer, his response was, what's the problem? You can't see anything. <laughs> and so a supervillain was born. You can't see anything. It's ridiculous. Uh, Max also says the second was a guy named Tim who had an interesting side hustle of buying Xbox Live codes from a Tesco right. in Jersey, VAT free, of course, and then selling them yeah. on eBay for a profit. He was apparently making hundreds of pounds a month. The problem, though, was his side hustle took up about 75% of his time, so he was sacked for not doing his actual job. <laughs> that's quite, that's quite I, innovative. Yeah, I, I, I like... Um, there was a recent case of... There's a guy, there's a guy I know called uh, Liam who works uh, for a, a company in, in um, Kyoto uh, making video games. And he made one called... Uh, like a golf game, basically. Um, that was... You know, it was it was unique. Reviewed really bloody well. Anyway, um, you can, if you dick about with, um, you know, credit cards, online credit cards, and um, like ISP... Um, ISP stuff and, 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 and VPNs and stuff you can access the Steam um, uh, library for Argentina right? and Argentina has a very weak um, financial situation at the moment so all of video games are priced accordingly um, the cost of living's um, a certain price and, right. and how much money people are bringing in is, is much lower so the video games are like a couple of dollars compared to twenty dollars now um and so people sort of like started buying um, certain games, uh, you know, really, really cheap. But 
a weird a weird quirk of the Steam system is that they don't necessarily they, they just look at popular games that are really sort of get got a bit of buzz around them and it doesn't matter where it's from so weirdly some of these games that are being bought for like a couple of dollars instead of being pirated in Argentina actually helps them in America so it sort of jumps up the leaderboard because people are downloading them really really cheap in Argentina which obviously doesn't help the software company's uh, bottom line but it does help with the marketing good market, of yeah. the game so it's a yeah. nice little kind of um, swerve on there so but, but what, there but, you go but, this is a stupid question but if you were buying that from Argentina, would you get a Spanish language version, or do they not bother with that? No, I think I think most languages, most most versions will ship with every every single language in there. There's no point in making; they, they'll have every language on there. So, so, th- so those who are unclear about what Tim Max's friend Tim Hill or colleague Tim was doing was he's basically buying things up, saving. I guess the VAT would have been seventeen and a half percent then, or whatever it was, mm. because Jersey. The, the island of Jersey wouldn't apply the VAT, so he's making a seven and a half percent say margin when he sells them on. But the thing is, if they're second hand, I suppose if they're unused, mm. it doesn't really matter because as I say if they're second hand, maybe they have to do them at a discount anyway. But I suppose if they're unused, mm. they can retain their retain their price. I actually admire the entrepreneurial spirit of it, um, but clearly you've left the back door open there. If you're going to get fired from your actual job for doing it, that's not really what you want to achieve so <laughs> it's not ideal it no, swings no, around about is what i'm trying to say all right peter yeah. i think we should wrap up there um maybe people have some opinions on what i think about keanu reeves and um what we both presumably think about russell crowe and gladiator is that a hot take who knows it's so, it can't be hot because it's a 22 year old take um mm, so very lukewarm people may have their opinion on it but we will of course be back on thursday for more of this stuff uh, hello at lukeandpeachshow.com is the email address at lukeandpeachshow is the social media destination rory our beloved friend and producer shares all the visual aspects of our show and the stuff that we refer to up on the old um twitter and the instagram so do check that out uh, anything more from you peter no let's get out of here alright we'll see you again soon see you on Thursday in fact have a good one it'll be November next time we see you bloody hell where does the time go don't answer that I know where the time goes Luke and Pete Show is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.